Guillermo Mash with Imagining Communities final season one podcast on traditional ecological knowledge as aired on KZFR 90.1 FM in February of 2020 featuring the first tech training held at Butte Creek Ecological Reserve on January 25th, 2020. We want to welcome you, Guillermo Mesh, welcomes you to the Imagining Community here on KZFR 90.1 FM. And, and I'm really, really excited for the show we got. We have Allie Matters Night, always busy Allie Matters Night. And you're heading right out from here to Bioneers, huh? Hey, Tanatum. Yes, I am. Um, Bioneers <laughs> uh, talking about the traditional ecological knowledge, its impact that we can have in the community for capacity building to mitigate climate change and to also mitigate wildfire um, disasters. Nice. We also have Lorraine Dector. Welcome, Lorraine. It's nice to have you in the studio. Uh, all my relations. Honored to be here. Yeah, Lorraine's been uh, a lifelong, lifelong, I was something about that phrase, lifelong, lifelong, <laughs> you know, public affairs, radio broadcast person. And she was just such a blessing to me because... Allie, the day that she did the tech training, I was actually on the radio, so I couldn't go up there and and do any recording. So uh, thank you, Lorraine. You're going to be hearing that later. Lane did an awesome job. There was three different stations, and we got some wonderful recording. So... But at this point in the show, I'm just going to kind of turn it back over to you, Allie, and make a remarkable statement and say that the indigenous folks of California have only been colonized for 170 years. And the decolonization process is um, is is uh, more touchable than we think. But the reality is that uh, we don't, we're not too many generations away from that traditional knowledge that sustained life here for thousands of years. So. Um, tapping into that knowledge in, and, and using it in a scientific way uh, in the community as well as um, building capacity for, uh, for labor, workforce development. We're looking at TEK as the paradigm shift from um, colonial capitalism into um, community stewardship of our ecosystems. So in that, I will say that the workshops and certifications that we've done through Machupta uh, and are continuing to do through Machupta are designed to uh, provide a basic introductory TEK, traditional ecological knowledge, to all community members, native and non-native, to build capacity workforce. These certifications are being noti- notably recognized by uh, agencies and contractors in the community that want an advantage and not only do extraction but also restoration on land projects. But I just want to ask Jesse Kai real quick, what did you think of the TEK uh, workshop as a Machupta tribal member? Um, I thought it was ran great and very informative. Um, you know, I've been thinking about it and, it's, you know, the thinking process of uh, utilizing traditional knowledge, you know, is... Uh, something new and you know it, it, you could even say it's like a new invention type thing because uh, not many people you know um, the th- train of thought isn't wasn't going that way now it's going that way and empowering your tribal entities to develop their own you know even like a, what was it a 384 programs the forestry taking care of your own property you know, we're starting to develop stuff like that. Um, you know, it's like when you look at uh, logging companies, how they use the comp- I mean, their land when they lease it out. You know, they really don't. They don't have a diversity program where you know they cut down all the oak trees just to put up 
their specific trees to be used. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not good. <clears throat> and when using tribal knowledge, it's like everything has its place in the environment, you mm-hmm. know. And so keeping that m- diversity in there is, to me, is a good thing. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, it's like one of the things you taught was the different zones, you know. And now I'm looking at different zones when I'm like in the park and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'm going into this zone, zone and stuff. And what should be there, you uh-huh. know? Uh, what kind of plants? What kind of trees? And you know, because it all helps each other to survive. You know. So when you say zones, is that the s- synonymous with the stations that you had set up, or maybe that's a point? Yeah, there was an interesting. What they are ecological zones. Mm-hmm. So what we have is just teaching basic TEK uh, knowledge. Is not really going into the the deep right. collegiate. Uh-huh. Um, you know um, names, but we there's riparia, there's woodlands, right. there's you know we all we've heard of marshlands. So mm-hmm. these are actual ecological zones, and so uh, they they exist within watersheds, mostly right. on, on the planet Earth, mm-hmm. and so um, that's what we have in common across the globe. Um, but each species and plants um, are kind of have adapted to to place. Right. And so here, um, and, and especially where we're here in Northern California, we're here in Chico, California, we're in Butte County, or as it's called today, this place has had a history of fire being used as land management for thousands of years. So all of the plants and the ecosystem are adapted to fire. Mm-hmm. So when capital colonial um, settlers came through here, the first line of order was to to basically uh, exterminate the native folks here. And when they did that, the Stuarts, of course, were oppressed and uh, removed from the distance of p- from this place for a period of time. And uh, fire was suppressed for 170 years. So because of that fire being suppressed, you're going to see the campfire happen over and over again, destroying right. communities. <clears throat> but referring to the tech... The tech audio we're going to be playing. So it seems like you had three stations set up mm-hmm. in a riparian zone. No, one riparian, and then there was almost like a transition. So ah, before you cool. get up into oh, the cool. woodlands, there's there's an area where you're going to have certain trees like box alder. Nice. Uh, uh, box elder and then okay. alder. Perfect. So you had three stations in two different zones. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. What did you think of it all, Lorraine? I know it's, you seem to be really excited uh, from the posts I've seen and stuff. You no, know, I, I lost my home in the fire up in wow. Paradise. And what made me cry the most was my two to three hundred year old black oak tree. <laughs> it's going to make me cry now. I'm trying to figure out if it could be saved. And we lost another black oak tree the other day that was taken down. And I I learned to plant black oak. There were black oak acorns there. I have one i have nurtured it and sprouted it some more and my son and his girlfriend and i are figuring out where on our little quarter acre of land that we should put this acorn yeah and to me that's special because i was like wondering if anything would sprout from these acorns that were there for hundreds of years and Uh now we can replant and it means everything to me it was so beautiful because you showed me the acorn. Just the way you showed it to me, it was just like <laughs> you're holding a little little baby it's in your precious, hand. Precious, yeah. 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 That was a wonderful visual. What were some of the things that that stood out for you, Lorraine, in uh, the, the the three stations in the first workshop? Well, you know, the knowledge of 
how to plant the different things. You know, you think it's an easy thing, but right. which way does the acorn go? How deep does it go? You know, I love that some of the things you, you just mix them together with this percolite and then some of the things you just toss them in the wind. I mean, there are different yeah. ways to plant That's where I want different to be. things. Tossing in the wind, it seems like. The willow, you can just just cut a piece off and just stick it in. You think, oh, maybe this would be really difficult to plant all this willow. And I was amazed, you know, to go and know that at this site in Butte Creek Canyon at the Ecological Preserve, you can actually see it from space, as Allie was Uh explaining, that this weir that she put in of willow has expanded the riparian zone by how the willow is planted and propagated, and that you can actually see it from space, and you can see the change in the landscape. Because that piece of land was very disrupted from mining and from the trees taken down. You know, over time, this has changed a lot. And to see it be reclaimed by people who are stewards and to be invited to go um, gather there and have the medicine that's there is is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I kind of, it was kind of, I did the radio edit on it and I was like, I got some of it in there, but it was fun to hear everyone having so much fun walking and laughing and stuff. Because, you know, you you had the thing live while you were walking. It it just seemed like everyone had a wonderful, wonderful time and an informative time. What would you add to that, Allie? You know, I think that that's a beautiful um, part is that we're inviting the community in. What we've learned about the campfire is that um, this crisis uh, has the possibility of bringing us together. And not only bringing us together, but for us to kind of relearn ways um, or learn back the things that were taken right. from this land and from the people of this land. And and to bring every single soul in Butte County into into the truth of who this place. Mm-hmm. And so that, I believe that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of struggle, uh, the beautiful struggles that we have as a community is how are we going to get together? How are we going to get these acorns and how are we going to fix what's broken? Those are quality problems. And, and, and in a way where we're, we can really move together and, and, and we know that we're going to have future crises. We don't know what they're going to look like. We don't know how they're going to act, but we also know that we have to design this this space, this place that we've known for so long and for generations have known for so long as, um, I, I would say, as the most tenacious community possible that will, will, right. will, will overcome um, not only racism and, um, and, and, and a bad past of, of killing Indians, but actually changing that and coming together with the Native community right. and with the tribes and saying, we're, here, we're in this together and sharing responsibility of uh, of uh, restoring our ecosystems mm-hmm. so that future generations um, can actually have have the true historical point of this place and that that we are all uh, responsible for taking care of this land we always have been and it gives you hope and after the fire it's hard yeah. to find those those things to that yeah. hope there were like over 100 people there and they were s- such a diverse group and i i took my acorn and presented it to my family and my son and his girlfriend both want to come and get trained it's so exciting there were young people old people all different kinds of people yeah you know it's such a beautiful thing talking with jesse in the in the green room 
just having a conversation, but your whole face lit up talking about, you know, passing this tribal knowledge down, this intergenerational knowledge. Maybe you can pick a bit, little bit up about how excited Allie was to have all the different people there and how it, important it is to you to teach the children. Right. You know, basically, you know, I have two children of my own, and, you know, basically they're a gift from God. Right. You Amen. Know, and and yeah. you have a responsibility of, of, you know, raising them at straight. You know, it's like be true, you know, be honest and all the, you know, all the good things that you should be raising your kids to, to, to adhere to. But, you know, it's like the, how to live too. you know, I love people. Don't look at, you know, uh-huh. color, or, you know, whatever uh, tendencies you, you have, you know. So uh-huh. it's like this knowledge needs to be uh, um, carried on. Mm-hmm. And to have the kids learn, you know, oh, this is how I, you know, plan an acorn. And this is how, you know, I should, you know, uh, take care of the trees, you know, how to cut it. You know, you don't just, you know, cut anywhere. You cut, you know, right. in certain spots and stuff like that. And just, you know, but also you, you, you get the respect of the um, natural environment. Because some of these trees, I uh, just past week, we went to... Uh, plant um black oak you know it's like they're only about four inches high and it's like how long has these been growing a year so you know they don't recover that quickly you know Mm -hmm. they need to be taken care of and so and that needs to be acknowledged too but the natural uh northern california's natural um environment drastically changed the last 150 years you know the the tree line you know, came down almost, you know, you, you think, you know, up up above Forest Ranch, but it, it was even closer than that. Right. You know, cutting down the, uh, you know, trees for uh, lumber and stuff like that, it, it, it changed their environment. You know, you, our flag, the California flag has a bear on it. What kind of bear is that? That's a grizzly bear. Does California have grizzly bears anymore? No, they're gone, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the evidence of how drastically the environment has changed is there. And it's just like people just need to be honest and say, yeah, you know, we tore it up and now let's take care of it because it will come back and bite us in the butt. And it did paradise. After the Women's March, Allie led a decolonization workshop at the Peace and Justice Center. And I... I'm the one that asked the question around, you know, is it just for Native tribes and their families? And your answer was just so beautiful. People were, like, clapping and shouting and stuff, and it's, I, I can't possibly do as well as you did. But um, maybe you could recreate it, or I could just say, you, know, you just said, you know, at this point, we're all Natives. And then when I saw that whole, the whole tech thing, the picture that I put together, the forward promo, it really touched me because that's what you saw. You saw, like Lorraine had said, you saw all this wealth of people, all this different background, all this different culture, all these different ages and sizes and shapes. It was just beautiful. I don't know how well to put it. I do think that I had written something earlier, and I think I'll read it back because I think it really um, sums up, and I had a lot of time to think about it. So I am going to read that out loud and see how that, um, you know, think how it settles with folks yeah i said there is no greater endeavor than to work collectively as community to strive for healing land restoration and a thriving economy tribes of butte county have historically created thriving local economies based off the outcomes of ecosystem stewardship and large-scale community land management 
The local Butte County tribal nations have traditional knowledge and the ability to work together for the greater good of local communities, which is the saving grace we especially need today. Natives and non-native community members of Butte County affected by the campfire are in a position to work together as a whole and expand our capacity to manage our ecosystems. Together, we aim to restore the community's relationship with the environment with shared knowledge from tribes and local community members. The people of this land for generations have received prosperity, peace, health, and love from their connection to this place, and that will never change Every single soul in Butte County is part of the truth today, and we must recognize our ability to rise to the occasion and seize the opportunity to have a thriving local economy based on our collective efforts. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you. And that, you wrote that? Yes. That, hey, Tunani, that was, that was gorgeous. If you could send that to me, I want to post that on Imagining Community. Thank you. That was really precious. I can't possibly do a better lead in. Let's listen to this this little clip that Lorraine, the first part of it that Lorraine put together here on People Power Radio. What we're here to do is do three stations. We have station one, station two, and station three. Station one is Rain. Can you come here, Rain? Rain is they, them pronouns. I am her and she. So this is Rain, they, them. Rain will be running the station here, and in 45 minutes, we do a rotation. Station two is down here with Raphael. Where's Raphael? All right, this is Raphael. These two folks have helped me, and we have worked together to gather all these seeds for free and to produce this out of our own pocket to do a demonstration to the tribe and to the community that we're all capable of this and we can keep going forward. I've worked with Caltrans. I've talked to Fire Safe Council. I've got a lot of folks that are interested in contracting with people who have TEK certifications, native and non-native. So this is what we're doing. We're about to kick it off and make some changes. I'll be running the uh, Station 3 down there, Riperia. We'll be doing some walking. If you cannot walk through the creek, I made a weir. (laughs) It's a fun little weir to walk through. You can see it through space. So this was made a long time ago. I've been working on this, but you can actually look at Google Maps and see what's done on space from right here. So I want to show you that. So we might walk along a creekside. It'll show you what a riparia looks like, what kind of plants are going to be there. And then we're going to roll in and do some planting. We have box alders, um, box elders, white alder, and we have um, willow and, and mugwort, what we call moon moony. So again, we have five plants that you'll be certified for at the end of the day, but you are going to learn way more than five today. You're going to learn a lot of information, but I'm going to keep it low-lying fruit and make it easy for the first certification, but you are going to get a lot of knowledge today. Please ask us questions. I plan on being here out for most of the day. This is the Snow Goose Festival. We've crashed their party. Welcome to occupied Machupta territory. (laughs) But the good thing is they gave us all the parking and they opened up the gates. So um, this area, ironically, if you live in tribal housing uh, for the Machupta Indian tribe, uh, Tony Sims had actually done a project to do restoration out here, and a lot of that got burned in the fire. So we're going to come out here to do it right. I really want to welcome everybody out here. This is my life dream. I've been working on this for 10 years. teaching kids this whole time i've been used to kindergartners all the way to eighth graders working out here so 
it's an honor to be working with adults and doing certifications and really doing this the right way. This is history today. This is history. This is what Green New Deal looks like. And this is what all of us working together, we'll all be working with loggers and environmentalists. This is this is the deal. We're, we're, this is uh, the crisis has brought us together. I'm very honored. I love everyone for being out here right now. My heart is full. So we're going to start with uh, one, two, three, all the way around. you got to keep your number. All right, back in the studio. That was so fun to see your reactions to all that. So I guess I have to start with Allie because she's just beaming for the radio audience. Yeah. I always laugh when I hear myself talk on the radio or hear another recording of me, but uh, that's good. I didn't, you know, I was really in the moment, so I wasn't even paying attention or trying to... Um, you know, I didn't even know that I wasn't being conscious of being recorded. So I was really speaking to the people there. Yeah, so that's, that's the most wonderful. important thing is being in the moment and speaking to the people there. And, I, you know, I feel like I was laughing. I did not give enough credit to Don Hankins and Chico <coughs> State University and yeah. all the students and all the years that they put in on helping that restoration. It was not me by myself. But um, I think that uh, it's a great opportunity, though, that um, that that we were out there and um and able to use that facility in a place that I knew so well. Wonderful. How about you, Lorraine? Anything to add? Well, I've been covering forest issues and all for, gosh, like 30 years or something, 40 years maybe even. And one thing I've noticed all over these years in Northern California is there has been a shift and it has been very, very slow. Um, but over time, I've seen the Forest Service cooperating with tribes and doing partnership with tribes and different agencies respecting more the traditional knowledge. And, like, did some projects up in, in Karuk territory, and they had some nice <coughs> projects we did with KIXC where we collaborated with them yeah. on the burning that they did for the materials for the baskets and so the elders could get to the materials to yeah. improve the materials it was like it was so so important but the scientists that they had there that they were working with the tribe were native and that wasn't the way it was before that young native people had gone to college and gotten their degrees and come back to their tribes and worked with the forest service and worked on all sides of the land management issues and brought that knowledge and the respect of science and have brought that together in one place and that's that's huge i've seen such a change over like 30 years yeah it's wonderful you bring up the karuk, karuk tribe because we we showed a wonderful movie we're caring for the world but we're going to come back to a clip that we had played about 10 minutes ago and it's about their first traditional ecological knowledge. We played the intro, and then we had a studio conversation. But now you're going to get to hear um, the three different stations that were set up. It's going to make it seem like you were there. With global warming, right, a lot of times we're getting this, like, weird warm spurt in the middle of the winter. And some plants, even just a few days of being too warm, those seeds might die. They might not actually want to sprout anymore. So what we do to guarantee rain, that speaking. we have viable seed oh, is we put it in a refrigerator. And we put it in the refrigerator um, in bags like this with perlite, which is basically like rock popcorn style. They like puff up rock, basically. And what the perlite does is it keeps the seeds separated from each other. So they're not all stuck together and like molding, right? And it also keeps that moisture evenly distributed, right? So this is like 
fairly wet. This is not this is not wet wet. It's moist. Yeah. So you put them in the perlite after you boil them. Yes. So you put it put it in the pot. Let it sit overnight. The water will have cooled off. Drain off the water because you don't need nearly that much water, right? Um, and then you put it in a bag with perlite. And this is actually a little bit drier than it should be. You have to kind of check on it periodically and sometimes you have to add a little more water. Sometimes you get a little hole in your bag and it's like drying out or whatever. But if you want to pass that around and kind of see. So this is seed that's been in the fridge and so it stayed cold and with moisture. And redbud is a super versatile plant as far as where it likes to be. It's It can be pretty low down to the valley and pretty high up in the mountains. <coughs> the, a lot of this pod actually came from <clears throat> up by Susanville. Um, I've gathered it um, in the Trinity Mountains where I used to live. But yeah, it is one of those plants that likes to be ended um, in order to grow more abundant and to grow the kind of sticks that you want for basketry. So it wants to be pruned, it wants to be burned, it wants all that attention um, to be really happy and healthy and be a good um, basket materials plant. They could go here. So there's not a ton, so if each person wanted to just take one, um, plant them almost anywhere because there isn't any really competing with them. If we get even a few to do well, um, plant them in just how I just showed you. <laughs> so I have enough here that, um, that these could be uh, planted across the whole back and forth across here. I have 127, so each person can plant at least four, three, plant at least three. I was saying two. <laughs> And then and try to uh, and then come back. We'll have two more to do after this one. And um, live oak is all around. A bunch of them got burned, and they are growing back from um, from roots, or or there's just a lot of small ones everywhere. And also every one of them that of the oak trees that have spiky leaves like this. If you wanted to, that's it. Um, are the live oaks. They're evergreen. Um, all the other oaks around here are not. One, Which one they, is the grapevine? These are all different grapevine cones. And you can look at these. You can, So now when you look around, they're the easiest ones to see. They're all from grapevine. They have a really big... Yeah, that one's going to pop out. They're used for all sorts of things pitch the they need to be burned under regularly because they're very flammable the good thing about cattails and tule is that one of their components that they do is they actually clean water so if you have to have water water filtrate filtered and cleaned then you're going to want to use cattails and tulies so there's sometimes this would be a watershed plant so if you need to clean up watershed or pollution or something, cattails are really good. Additionally, they have a two-point medicine component. Cattails, when they get to the gel, if you break it down, there's a gel inside of the inside of the root. That gel is very numbing. You can use it on your root, on your teeth for toothaches, and in your mouth, it actually likes to work with inside of the uh, with your um, with your saliva in your mouth. 
So this is made for toothaches. And the reason why also I'm not harvesting much that's in the ground to eat right now is because of the campfire and because of the chemicals and the things that were brushed on here. I'm going to take some time before I pull things out of here and eat the roots. I'm just going to give it some time. It was all star thistle and scotch broom. This was a mangled, naughty mess of invasives. But now it's a field of medicine. That field of medicine is when that weed, when this water breaks through, it's going to take, it's even going to take these willow piles out and push them along the bank somewhere, hopefully along the side here or anywhere around. But there's an intentionality of push, throwing them in the middle and letting the water take it when it's ready. But this is the beauty. Because if you ever live, there's very rarely will you be able to go in California and stand in Mugwort or Moon Mooney this tall. Now all this will go down, but guess why this grew this much? Fire and the willow. So the willow along the banks kept it contained along this area. It's through more rocks, more and more rocks. Not all these rocks were there, but there's more now. And there's more clarity that this is a creek bed than there was before. And you were out here before, huh? When uh, Angela was out here, when uh, there was actually, you could see through here. Mm-hmm. And it was it was difficult. It was rocks and everything. So when the fire came through, it it, it came, pulled all the way. So you can see across the street. It was really or across the creek. It was really burning. It pulled over here, and the mugwort loved it. Monmoney loved it, and so it came up and it grew really big. So this will go down. This will all die, and then in between it will become these really strong, strong wormwood or mugwort monmoney plants. So right here you don't see much, but if you go along the bottoms, you can start seeing the little tiny babies that are growing right here. And they're like little plants growing. That one. Yeah, so if you want to, go ahead and squeeze and smell and that's Momoni. That's, that's, that's the medicine, that's your dream medicine. I can smell it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my favorite smell. <laughs> I catch the door. This, this is a public uh, pres- preserve. So this is a place to come and get your willow. This is a place to come and get your medicine. It's been put down here with good intentions. So I hope that people can come out here and gather this. Because the more it gets gathered, the more love it gets, the more it comes back. So give it some attention. Thank you for listening to Imagining Community, a grassroots media and civic engagement endeavor, sharing stories that make our collective imagination sparkle and engage. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Imagining Community. Imagining Community.